Shopping Maniacs. You're listening to another hard stop edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. <laughs> Rupert with me is Chris in the booth. Corner. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Oh, absolutely perfectly fine. I love that phrase, hard stop edition. It's kind of true, you know, because we're both, we're both busy people. We're not professional podcasters. I mean, we are because we're going on 500 episodes of the show and Getting it's a business close. and we make money and we are always evolving. And so it's kind of like a, it's a business to itself. But the reason we're able to participate in this niche of podcasting is because we're, we're busy developers ourselves. Yeah. No, I, I think about that a lot. And, you know, I, I, I am like in like a weird career transition a little bit, you know, just like responsibilities wise. It's, mm-hmm. it's just more, it's more of the same, but a m- little more serious, you know, <laughs> higher stakes, I guess. I don't know, but, um, but it's, but you're living a, it, right. It's not like we're sitting around like, you know, I'd make a good podcast. You're like, no, you know what I need to do to manage my team better and produce an amazing product. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I do like you're like reading my blog drafts folder right now. Um, <laughs> I I wrote down this thing. Well, let me close the po- postmortem because I've had a whole week long outage that's just been driving me absolutely bananas. Um, but I've been going through. Right. So you want to start a company, right? You've started a company. People start companies all the time, right? Every they Every do. day. Every um, day you call Delaware and you say, give me a company a list of technology <laughs> just, companies. Yeah. You'll find code pen at the bottom of that stack somewhere. Yeah. And they'll give you a company Delaware. They love to give companies away. Uh, but I was thinking about all the systems you need, right? You need like a legal system, right? Like some kind of legal process that that's for incorporation documents, privacy policies, terms of service, contracts, sheets, oh, okay. terms, so you sheets, can get a patent, trademark, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you get sued, well, no, what do I do? You know, like you need a mm. corporate email system or like my a heart stop apps. edition is be to talk to a lawyer. So I hear you. I hear you. It's just so you need like a corporate email system, some kind or apps, you know, Google apps or office 365 or something to kind of manage email. Right. Yep. And users in and out of the system. You need a user authentication system for your app. That's probably a third party service of some kind. You can make your own, but you know, like if you're doing like auth zero or Octa or single sign on something. You need a user emailing system, something to send emails to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a MailChimp. Ideally with some observability too. So it's, it's not just like some secret API. Like like PHP can send an email, but you should probably not do that. Well, and, and Stan can can buy an email list off mm. the dark web and like email people from his Outlook. But that's not what you want to do. You want to do it professionally, right? Um, privacy controls, thanks to GDPR. So you you have to accept you have to, this list is for any application ever right this is any app yeah. this is getting off the ground right you need a code repository version control system they're kind of tied together right github gitlab bitbucket yeah you need and a host unspoken system. culture around it too of course that there's no documentation for yeah and just then, go ahead. yeah no it just appears it's just like surprise we use this you know uh you need like a hosting system right like a yep. uh AWS, uh, Netlify, well, wherever your database lives, Heroku, you know, these are all ones they've used in the past. Deployment system, GitHub Actions, Travis, whether, you know, some sort of C, something that takes the code from the repository and puts it on the server. It could be Jim's FTP client. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, then you need security and privacy process, right? Like you need like, if somebody comes to you, thanks to GDPR, if somebody comes to you with like a data profile request, I want you to Give me all the data you have collected on me. Yeah. You have to be like, yes, we can provide that. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll just go to your user profile. It's a little liberal. I mean, you can kind of yeah. do an SQL dump, and usually that tends to work, but it doesn't have to be pretty, is the point. But yeah. Yeah. But like, you have to have this model in p- place, right? Or notification of breaches, right? How, if, if you, or like, you update your privacy policy. Like you have to email everybody in the app. You know, you have to like figure out these things, you know, or even like permissions, like how, how, can this user do this operation, you know? So, Oh, like a literal permission system. Oh, Dave, you know, I'll, let me be the first to tell you that <laughs> that's a very good idea <laughs> Yeah, and that you can live without it for a long time and you'll regret it. 
that's all I'll have to say about See? that. See? Like, I, I mean, it's just even like basic, like, can so-and-so delete any everybody? Nope. <laughs> you know, like that that command's restricted to a few people. And then like I, I just recently I had like a week and a half outage, man. And I signed up for Sentry because I just was like, I have to know what's going. Something's wrong. And I don't, nothing is telling, none of my bells, none of my whistles are going off. I don't know what's wrong. So I like just put Sentry in here and I just, and then I found out the problem. Like there was like a literal, like. Is it a production only? Like your dev spins up just fine? Uh, Well, no. Okay. <laughs> no, that was part of the issue. Uh, Dev was not like coming up and, and it was sort of a long but th- but that's sort of like into the like you need like these processes like how do you develop you know you need like these manual culture reinforcers too and just it's a lot of work to have a company a functioning company I just that's what the po- whole point I was trying to make <laughs> so yeah it's just, a lot like the checklist is pretty thick and you didn't even get into like what makes a company unique or valuable or interesting I have not even talked about what lines of code you have, you know, like, or the customers you have or how you get because I have a whole other list of 10 more things. This is like a proto blog here, mouth blogging, but like payment system, that's optional, but probable. I have, that's my right. whole next section, optional, but probable payment system, project management system, uh, content management system, credential management, like one password or key yeah. base, or however you share passwords locally or with your team. Uh, uh, a design system, some kind of A-B testing framework, uh, some sort of user research process that you have to invent, social media management process. Like, how are you going to do that? Mm. Like, all this stuff you need, man. This is so much. That's why it's, uh, I kind of subscribe to the approach of don't screw around with it too much. Like, pick industry leader stuff every single time unless you have a really good reason not to. So we're talking... Heroku, GitHub, Notion, you know, Mailchimp, mm-hmm. you know, pick the pick the big player. And, it, you know, not I, I hate to say that because it's like, you know, little startups should have the, you know, should be able to, to win your trust too. And But they will, you know, they'll find a way. They'll find their customers. They'll become the player that they need, need to be in a way. But I think of all the things that you mentioned, there are good answers to those questions. They're hard. You have to, you have to think of them. It's, it sucks to screw up, but like, you know, the web has been around long enough that there are answers to these things that, that feel okay. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway, you know, no, no, it's just like, but, but it's funny, like any company that starts has to like assemble all these. They do. Doesn't 20, I just named 20 different services or whatever, you know, like 20 different. You don't have to do them on day one either. You kind of, you piece them together over the first couple of months that the company exists. I think, you know, that's what the the founders should be doing in a way. Yeah. But then, so you piece these all together, but you still have to build the whole idea of the thing, you know, like, right. Like, but that's the hard part and it should be the hard part. That should be the hard part, but you have to do all this other stuff too. Like integrating single sign on isn't fun. Nope. <laughs> doesn't help my product other than the fact that people can use it, you know? Right. Like, I'd like, like to tell you that it's outsourceable, but I feel like that might be a sore spot for you at the moment. So maybe. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, and I'm very curious cause I, I just like, uh, you know, like we, we built a whole auth system and the auth system's fine. It's, it's like working, but it's like a local authentication strategy. But then if somebody's like, yeah, that's cool, mm. except it has to work on my office 365 you know, enterprise account, you know? Yeah. And you're like, well, darn. It's early though. (laughs) I mean, you can just say no, that's a possibility too. Yeah, I guess so. And then everyone gets like a address or whatever, you know, but But you you never don't just like, yeah, you say like, oh, that's a great idea. I'd love to do that at some point at the moment. I can't prioritize it or give you a timeline, but it's a totally, you know, it's, it's, it matters to our team. And, and I really appreciate you telling us what the needs of your team are because it matters to what we do, you know? Yeah. I just, I, it's like, you got that, you, you I mean, you don't want to like invent hurdles, but it, yeah, it's like you can build stuff on the fly. You don't need all of it up front, but I think for any like mature product, you need kind of all these things in place. It's just kind of, 
It is interesting. Is that a draft blog post? Like the draft the new post. business checklist or whatever? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I just was like yeah. the 10 systems you need in place to ha- start a tech company or whatever. And it's true like, if you do pick those top industry players. And I, I said that maybe with a little more bravado than I should have because they tend to be the ones that cost the most money too. So if you if you do have to email 3,000 people on MailChimp and you do need private repositories with the 10-person team and you do need all these you know things, that's money, man. You might be kicking out thousands of dollars a month for all these services, just to get off. a product that yeah, just to get off the ground for a product that you don't even aren't even a hundred percent sure is a real deal thing. You know, it's just wild. I don't know. I, I I this is like what as I was fixing a gigantic outage, I just was like, like trying to figure out like why is this working? And it's just it was like a perfect storm of like there was a bug in the code, and then I signed up for Century, found the bug, and then I deployed it. And guess what? The GitHub action wasn't working. It was, gave me a green check mark, oh. but it wasn't working because like there was a so it completed. Uh, it just didn't do what it was supposed to. There do. was a Git problem on the target server, and I like didn't mm-hmm. find that out till like late last night, and I just was like, man. This has just been a... Can you tell? You probably can. Can you configure a GitHub action to, if on fail, then tell Sentry, please? You know, it was weird. It was like, you could, you you like, it's the, like, git SSH or SSH action or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, but it, like, goes in and with the GitHub workspace authenticate, like, scope, right? The, the workspace's scope. And then it, like, triggers git pull. It says git pull. Get oh, that's how you're doing deployment, like reverse. You're not pushing files up. You're pulling them from yeah, the server. Yeah, I mean, I guess like in theory, you could like sync to it, but it's all like GitHub, so it could just pull, you know? Yeah, I, don't know. I get it. I get I, it. I didn't set it up, so I'm like, I'm wondering if there's another way, you know? I rarely see that because it means then your production servers have Git on them, which is just slightly weird. Right, right. And this is, we're still in the like developmenty part of it, you know? Yeah, so, I get it. Um, but like... Because, yeah, you'd think you'd just want to, like, ferry files over, right? Like, copy, basically. So. Mm. I don't know. But it wasn't erroring properly. Well, I get yeah, you. You, can, you can type git pull and git pulls. Like, great, I worked. I didn't get anything. But, yeah, I worked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it get, you know, or at least the CI didn't, wasn't like, oh, man, git pull's really mad here. So it just totally failed them. But figured it out. Deployments are back working. Everything works. Yeah. Did that fix the app? Uh, well, th- the fixes I made plus the, you know, everything, we're back yeah. in action oh, finally. Congratulations. That's well, got to feel dude, good. But I'm just like, I'm going to have 10,000 milkshakes. I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> get, go get a big dog. Yeah. Did, you, did you feel alone too? That's what I worry about sometimes with people like who are in a position like you're in, that there's nobody to ask. There's nobody to commiserate with. The buck has to stop with you. If it doesn't, we're dead. So I have the weight of the entire world is on my shoulders. It's it's a lot. I mean, not that, I mean, this can be therapy here, but um, <laughs> it, it is. And, and I phoned a few friends because I just was like, hey, can you just sit here with me while I try to figure this out, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, we got it. Like, getting it up working locally was a bit of a deal just because, like, there was... But because I, I couldn't still connect to the, like, production Mongo and stuff like that. But anyway, I I phoned a few friends and, and think I got mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like, when you're by yourself, it's just like, man, that's a bummer. And then, and then like, when you're also by yourself, you know, you're, you're kind of sitting there like, man... There's an infinite amount of work here. I'll I'll just be logging on every day to code. I don't I don't wake up a single day, Chris, and say, "Man, I just don't have anything to do." <laughs> like <laughs> that's not going to be my no, life for the yeah. next twenty and, years. And it you can know? be tired making, you know. Like you have to you have to either like find a way to come to terms with that, or find a way to not have that be the case anymore. And that's tough, you know. Well, and and you know, it's like I I just read um. The Manager's Path, which is a pretty mm-hmm. good book. I think we talked about it here. Um, but, you know, there, there's different hierarchies of management or ownership of, of a company and stuff like that. And so, you know, that there's like the more technical route is all, you know, you're concerned with all these 20 systems in place and are they working and functioning and are you leaders of technology and stuff like that? You know, that'd be like CTO sort of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And maybe like that's a separate job than actual code committer. But when you're at a small bootstrappy sort of situation, you know, you kind of, you are co- committing code. And so you have to kind of do both. Yeah. you're saying maybe this changes when it changes when the company turns to 20 people and then it changes again when it changes to 50 and it changes again when it changes to a hundred and those, those roles get kind of split out and more defined. Whereas at three people, you have all the hats. I have to do all the hats and write all the codes, but maybe at 20 people or whatever, I can start narrowing my focus on sort of one big job or something, three big jobs. But you won't realize that you won't be any less stressed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because now you're it's depth versus breadth, I think, is sort of the thing. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about a lot, too, is like you can have broad knowledge of a bunch of subjects, breadth, or you can kind of pursue depth, like in-depth knowledge on one thing. Or 10 things, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's all right, Dave. Hopefully you yeah. get through it. I, like, literally as we're recording this, I am 9,000% more chill because I solved my problem. <laughs> so, it, it was uh, it was a rough couple of weeks. But, you know, and it's just that thing. You're just like, well, it didn't work today. Guess I'll log on tomorrow and figure it out. So, <laughs> I'll try to get there. So. Yep. Let's do a sponsor really quick. Does that sound good? Hit it. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Video Press for WordPress. It's part of the Jetpack umbrella, you know, Jetpack being this suite of plugins that help your self-hosted WordPress site have all kinds of superpowers like security and performance and extra features and all that. Video Press fits in there just perfectly because it makes video on WordPress way better. I'm using it and loving it. So you don't need a plugin to do video on WordPress. I can just have a movie on my desktop and be blog, blog, blog in a blog post, drag that movie on there. It's going to upload that video to my media library. And then, but the ultimate output in WordPress is just going to be like an HTML video tag, which is fine. It's not like it's broken. It's just that, you know, compared to how great WordPress is at outputting images and all kinds of performance formats, this basically does nothing. You know, and there's, and then your own web server is responsible for, uh, you know, the bandwidth and the, you know, the responsibility of serving large image files. The HTML5 player isn't that great. Uh, it's not exactly CDN backed. The images aren't optimized. They're not necessarily served in the best possible format. It's just not as great. Whereas VideoPress, you install it. You only pay for it by itself if you want it or it comes as a part of Jetpack Complete. You flip a switch and now it's on. Your workflow does not change. It's not like, now go over to youtube.com and upload the video, you know, like you would have to on YouTube. It's the same exact workflow. You drag the video file onto your Word, onto your the WordPress block editor and away it goes. It still goes into your media library, but it gets uploaded to the VideoPress cloud as well. <clears throat> so now you get a better video player, more features, picture in picture and speed adjustments and all that stuff that you don't get from the na- native tag. Then it's cloud hosted. So it's way faster. Your server isn't responsible for the speed of it. So your server isn't, you know, buckling under the weight of serving video, which it's not designed to do. The video is optimized. It's served in all these fancy adaptive bitrate ways for mobile and all that stuff. It's just everything is better about video. And you had to learn and do very little. You just, you know, pay for video press and flip a switch. So that's it. Thanks for the support. That's my spiel. Bye bye. Hey, okay. Well, sorry, I've just been complaining this whole episode. Chris, what's going on? <laughs> no, on your not end at all. There? Not at all. Not at yeah. all. That's the way the world works. Uh, I'm trying to think of some interesting things going on. It looks I I uploaded my VS Code the other day. It was the uh, the November update or something, right? There's always good stuff. It's an interesting project to follow because so many of us use it. So mm-hmm. we just can't wait to see what they what they do next, you know? And it and it looked like 
you know, there was some stuff like, hey, we're going to have an October where all we do is close bugs. And they had a big chart in there that showed they closed like thousands of bugs or something. You know, sometimes you got to do that. The snowy winter of, of closing bugs, you know. And yeah. Even the biggest projects um, need that need that kind of focus. But then they said, well, but we also launched that VS Code.dev. Did you see that? It's like VS, you literally just instantly yeah. you go to that website and it's just a copy of VS Code, which is an interesting choice, right? When when you make the product, the homepage, I always think that's a interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. interesting thing no there. Log in? I didn't log in. I'm just no, nothing. But no, but it looked cool, and it, it said in their notes like, "Hey, a lot of the teams were working on this, so you know, if they didn't close as many bugs, well, just they'll do that in November and yada yada." It was just interesting insight into their their team functionality. Looks pretty neat, though. The first thing I did was Control Tilde or whatever because I like to see. Well, how are you doing a terminal then? And you open it up, <laughs> and it says, "No, no terminal. Sorry. No terminal. No, it's not quite." But you can, but you do open from your computer mm-hmm. folder, you know, so that's like a file input, I guess. And Oh, okay. You know, that's cool. So the, the point of this is is literally like it works the same way as it would on your computer, I guess. Just probably hmm. slower, right? It has to be slower, doesn't it? Well, no, because, I mean, it's all cached and loaded on your system, you know, like. Yeah, but if you execute a find in project, are you telling my computer Mac OS X to execute that search? Or does that search, are you uploading every single file of my entire project, executing that search on a server and then returning it? Maybe you just, it's like a LS command or something. I don't know. I Maybe that's all the file API stuff, like an origin trial kind of deal. Yeah, right. That it's like, just... It's, it, it just is your local machine and it can communicate with the host system in a way that's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does appear to be smoking fast. No, not any particularly slower. If anything, maybe a little faster than my <laughs> other VS Code. A little uh, light, lighter, less plugins going on. But what does so. this mean, though? It means you could certainly open it on your iPad, right? Or does it, or will it say, man, not supported? Well, yeah, there may be things it doesn't do, or it's only like remote only because it doesn't have like the... Right. I could have at least freaking read the blog post. My God, I'm the worst podcaster. I just opened it up and thought, cool, <laughs> you know, just like all the, 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 the blog posts about Photoshop in the browser, they were all just like, look, this is a thing. Even the post on web.dev, which is just hopping with great web development blog posts, was just kind of like, we worked with some people and we pulled it off. Cool. It really wasn't like, it didn't get into like, yeah, but can I use it? What is it like to use it? Is it fast? Is it slow? Do I need creative cloud subscription? Is it mm-hmm. is it for real? Should I trust it for real project? It didn't really, see, the press coverage didn't seem to ask the meaty questions, you know? So I kind of held off on blogging about it until I can give it a try. And I feel like kind of the same here. Like, what's the real deal here? Is this, is this usable? Who is it for? Well, what? yeah, I guess that's the question too, is like, who's it for? You know, what, one thing I noticed, Microsoft had a brand new laptop, like a $200 laptop for kids. It's kind of like a Chromebook-y competitor. Mm. Um, it's called Windows Cloud, I think, or something like that. Mm. Um, but it's a $269 laptop, which is like, I was watching a video of it. My son was like, I want that, you know? <laughs> it has like Minecraft Education Edition and stuff like that. So very geared towards schools, but... Um, Something to think about. I mean, it's just maybe this is maybe, I don't know. Um, maybe the web is winning uh, against native. Uh, I, That's what you see when you see this. I mean, certainly this this app is like a big part of the tool chain of, it, obviously I'm interested because it's a code editor in the browser and I happen to be in that market. It's mm-hmm. not as shocking to me because it's like you've seen Code Sandbox, right? Have you seen Stack Blitz, those things? Those are also VS Code in the browser, only they mm-hmm. actually run your code and there is a terminal and they have build processes and everything. So to me, those are like more, they're way ahead of this, but this is from Microsoft. So it's right, different, right. right? Those were like, oh, we took the open source project and we managed to shoehorn it to, to work with our thing. And that's super cool. Yeah, it's a little limiting. And then there's Git, just to finish the thought, there's also Git pod. Have you seen that? Also freaking VS Code in the browser. And, but with a little bit of superpower, like there is a terminal. Okay. So like, if you're like, oh, VS Code is cool, but there's no terminal. How do I run a preview, for example? Because what's the point of editing code if you can't see what you're doing? You know, that's like my life's central thesis. So I'm going to ask that question, you know? (laughs) 
So no. but get, get pod handles it in a cool way. And then there's like before VS Code launch, just a few weeks, remember, there's that thing where go to a GitHub repo and press the period key. And it also opens GitHub. Yeah, it opens your repo and, and the thing. But it, it was preloaded with the repo. And then there's a little bit more to it because you can make changes and save it and, uh, and commit it back to the GitHub repo and stuff. So this like VS Code in the browser stuff has a lot of angles to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I just, yeah, it's, I think it's cool. I, I think it's also maybe like a, <clears throat> like a tool to sell more services too. Cause I imagine this all works better when you have GitHub actions, building a CI, you know, cause it could run that as your terminal, you know what I mean? Something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And in it, that's where your feedback comes from. That's where your tests run and while well, you code. And um, so I bet it just, there's a better, I think it could be maybe that's what makes it better or something is sort of like integrated into the dev environment. But this yeah, Photoshop thing is if... really wild. Cause I, they kind of Photoshop was like, we're going flash big time, you know, cause they bought flash or <laughs> owned flash and then they like built everything in flash. And then it's like flash isn't working anymore. So then they like kind of did a Java thing and now they're doing like web components and, and, and Wasm and stuff for all the actions and, it's starting to work and it's going to show up in a browser. I, I, that stuff is really cool to me. I, I think it's kind of incredible that they are investing that way kind of for the future. So it is. And I, I did spin it up. It does work. It's freaking Photoshop in the browser. So like the news that just says it's Photoshop in the browser are, <laughs> turns out it was kind of the accurate way to say that. But you got to think too, like one of their bigger competitors is Figma, which is, Photoshop in the browser, kind of, you know, uh, uh, design tool in the browser, you know, yeah, and which is their and, clearly way ahead in a way for as far as like user research and figuring out how people use this and onboarding teams and yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like Figma's ahead or Figma's a competitor. I think about like Notion, you know, like that's a web app. Guess what? <laughs> that's a web app. Discord, web app, Slack, web app. VS Code, web app. Every everything I use, Chris, is a web app. Yeah, and, and it's all and it's working. I mean, you and I right now we're talking over Riverside FM. Yeah, uh, not a sponsor. They could be for a good price, but no, <laughs> Riverside FM. I mean, I remember when we started out the show. There's probably 200 incidents of us like saying like I don't know if I feel comfortable recording in the browser you know, a podcast, you know, cause we were like, we have to record locally. Oh, it took we me have a to... long time to agree to that. Yeah. Guess what we're doing. We do this, we do our videos. Mm-hmm. I do a side quest in the browser. Like we're doing this in the browser. We're online studios now. So it's just kind of incredible. I don't know. Um, it is. And there's so much momentum that way. And it seems like and I'm so glad, right? Because that's where my skill set is. And oh, thank God, you know, I made some right choices in life and there's going to be money to be made here and it's awesome and yay. Um, and then, you know, you see a little momentum the other way. It's easy to get bummed out the exact opposite direction. Remember, you know, Ethan had a post the other day about the, the app banners and you ever go to every friggin' mobile website there is and it's trying to convince you to download the native app instead and and how horrible the mobile web is. And, you know, that's why AMP exists. And, you know, there's pop-ups galore and trackers and janky JavaScript and, God, the web sucks, you know? So it's easy to get bummed out the, the other direction, I find. But here, here's a, I have a little bit of a checklist we could go through, and I'd love to get your, like, quick, you know, your 10-second thing on, on this, you know? Hot and take. This is the hot take, which is why would you make a, a native app over a website? What is the actual 2021 going into 2022 checklist of, of reasons why you would not pick the web? Mobile only. Let's go mobile only instead of this like, you know, desktop VS Code stuff. And here's here's some of the checklists. So I, you don't even have to think of them unless you have ones that I, I'll, I'll give them to you and then and then we'll talk about it. That one of the reasons is because you get the icon on your home screen. Check. Yeah. Want it. I want it. Right. But like, what's the, is there, what's the web answer to that at the moment? I think it's like, well, you can add to home screen any add website, which is yeah. BS, right? Because nobody will do that. Chrome Chrome on Android will give you a bit more of a PWA prompt. So, which is a pretty good answer to it, I think. I think that's good, cool. Pretty good, right? 
Um, and then are they in the, is there an app store? Let's do app store. That would get your icon on a home screen, wouldn't it? That would get your icon Certainly on a not screen. happening in Apple land, but is does, does Chrome put them in there? Does Android have PWAs in the app store? Chrome's story is you create a TWA, a trusted web app, um, which mm. is basically a a signature around your app. Like you, you basically, it's your manifest, but you used your Google Play identifier to sign it. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah, that's fine. It's a PWA with a little juice on top. Yeah. So if they need to like kick your app because you're like installing or like whatever mining crypto, they'll just ban you. You know, like if you violate the App Store policy. Okay, and then, that's interesting. So, but there is a story for it. Windows Store, you can use it. Just it, it's actually cruising the web for sites right now, and they'll chuck them in their store um, oh, for PWAs right now. Also weird in the other direction. Well, a little weird because yeah, like you don't control. Maybe you have to claim it before it'll go online or something. But, um, but they're just kind of like, hey, we can. So what if you're Slack? What are you doing? Are you building a? Uh, just to, I'm curious because clearly they use Electron, right? So that they they have web based technologies. Is there? Can you Electron wrap your Android app? Is that what they do? I don't I know. know. I wonder. I mean, I think it's similar. You know, it's probably a different code base for them, but it's probably similar. It's probably just like a. Uh, kind of a phone gappy kind of thing, right? something more fancy, or it's like kind of probably even some react native kind of thing where yeah. we're going to try to use native controls whenever we can. And that, I think for me, that comes down to why, what makes native more competitive, like why I would choose native would be purely like animation, like scroll performance, like scrolling a list of 10,000 items and animation performance like sliding views left right you know things yeah like like you play a video you know on ios and if you're in the twitter app it'll like just it'll like grow you know it's a very smooth easing into a full screen video right oh you get the okay so let's do that one you get the are they are they faster and smoother native apps is that just like a, a a given or can you make a web app just as good i think you have to work your ass off to make a web app as good you know and and not everyone gets the nuance you know uh like you know when you kick a photo off of the twitter app that's a pretty cool experience (laughs) to just like kick it off your app i don't know you know you could do that in theory on a web app and i'd love to see experiments around that but i don't think it's like that but you're not limited, let's say. So, because I'm interested, because so, so the for like app on the home screen, there's a solution to that. Phones could just make that better if they wanted to, or you know, or, or iOS mm-hmm. or, or operating systems for phones, and yeah. and you know, the app store thing, they could make that better. They could allow websites into it. You know, there's like answers to it. There's like ways forward with it that aren't inconceivable. Is the speed thing, is that inconceivable? I mean, is the answer there like, well, browsers just have to get better or UI kits for mobile apps on the web need to evolve to be better? Um, like mobile performance kind of stuff? Well, there's like Swift UI. Use Swift UI, you get a thing. Like could could, could Apple say, we're going to make Swift UI for the web? I mean, they're absolutely not going to do that, but they could do that. <laughs> they should, yeah. I mean, that's what kind of like what Ionic is. I mean, it's basically like Apple UI and Google UI kind of marrying it, you know, um, material UI, I guess. So there's a way forward there. It's not inconceivable that websites get really good at having just as good of experiences. Yeah. And um, Ionic's little capacitor thing has a lot of like native integrations too. You want the camera, it can get the camera, you know, like, and and I think if you're in an app context, this is maybe the the other thing. If you're in an app context, you don't have to ask for permission like you do on a website, right? Um, oh, you don't you've have already to be done like, the permissions as you downloaded it. There was some yeah. kind of permissions thing, isn't there? Yeah, I think like as, as you downloaded, you just kind of agreed, or your first boot, or you know, right? I think that setup's probably a little bit better. So there's so. a couple things built in there. There's API access that you talked about, right? Like that you that you get them and it's a little smoother. It just works. 
think you probably do have to ask. I feel like you download Twitter and you're like, well, I'm going to post a photo. The first time it still asks like, you. Can I access camera roll? So that, yeah. that's not that different than the web. Not that me. different. No. Yeah. But then do you have the full set of access at all? Is there still some lingering APIs on devices that are native app only? Surely there are, right? I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Like Contact Picker, I think they're working on um, a lot of the stuff they are working on. But, you know. if Right. So there's answers there, but the answers are wait because the web is uh, is underpowered compared to a, a native app because it doesn't have the same access. Right. Right. And so, yeah. Okay. I, interesting. I There's, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. There's, I feel like there's one other thing like native apps do well. Well, there's a bunch. Let's talk speed. Is there, is that, is it, because web apps have to rec- download stuff from the network, whereas an app, you, you know, you had to pay that cost when you downloaded the app, but all the resources probably mostly for the app are just in it. Can the web ever compete with that? Is the answer like service workers? And- yeah, I, th- I think progressive web apps can definitely compete and or provide a better experience. I mean, you went to the website and said, hey, do you want to download the Progressive Web app? And yeah. you've already downloaded the website. And so you click yes, and it saves index.html or like, and it can save as many files as it wants up to like 40 megs worth of website, you know? So it can like basically just chuck every single yeah. Webpack file it has. So there's no distinct advantage for native apps. It's the no. PWAs have the same vibe going on. Mm-hmm. One yeah. thing I think is is maybe an advantage, like UI kit stuff. You know, you, like yeah. um, you know, like the glass effect on your little mail app in Monterey. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you like. I think there's like stuff we don't have on the web. We don't. I can't be like background glass. You know, <laughs> maybe you can do it in an Electron app somehow. Right. But like you like, get that for free rather than having to elaborately create it if you even can do it at all. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's pretty that's pretty a big deal. I have a couple ones like um, the login thing. I've been a little obsessed with, right? Like that. Just only just as a user, I have all these apps. I'm logged into them. If I want to use them on my phone, I open them and I use them. And I rarely ever am logged out of them as I open that app. It seems like I'm just logged in forever mm-hmm. on there. And on the web, it's never that way. I go to the website weeks, and I'm off. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks max. And then even then it's like, well, I was logged in in Safari, but now this is like Twitter's little web view. So I'm not actually logged in there because that's a different browser and, and all that. And then it seems like they get booted easier. Like what if it's your mission in life to have a website that just tries to have the most epic stay logged in experience ever, but not t- totally throw away security, you know? Can you can it be done well? Yeah, I don't know. I, um I mean, in theory, you could create a cookie that expires in the year thirty thirty. Yeah, I heard you get six months. That's the, the on That's iOS the, at least. Okay, a hard limit of six months. I mean, something like that. And then, yeah. and then, you know, some people were telling me like, oh yeah, well then, but you really you just you don't even, or maybe you don't even use a cookie. You put a JWT in like local storage or something. Maybe that buys you even longer. But then it's like a little risky, a little less secure maybe than whatever native apps are doing. Or you can do like rotating token. Like whenever anybody uses the app, you re-auth again, get a new token, replace the one you currently have, but still has a time limit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my guess is that it's just trickery. There's all, whatever you do, you have to, it's not, it's just the, the tech isn't as good as native apps. You got to resort to trickery, and even then, it's never going to be as good. You know, one thing I was thinking: Have you ever, you've used TikTok before? You know, the teen sensation sure. TikTok got some dance. Oh no! Oh no! That sort of thing. Yeah, TikToks. Mm. You there's really, and this could be quality too, but the, there's a big difference between the web app, which never loads, takes 85 minutes to load. And and the uh, native app, which is like very fast, very fluid. It shows me video. It's starting videos before I even open it up, you know? Yeah. You go open that on the web and it's like 45 minutes of white page. So like it could be quality here, but. It's interesting you know, they did it at all. Instagram didn't for a long time, famously. They're just like, screw the yeah. web. It's not, we don't even want to go there. Not our target market. Yeah. So I Which wonder is, why they bothered at all. And I would think they bothered at all because URLs. URLs. Because I, I think as cool as TikTok is, it still depends on people, people sharing, sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they even biff that up. Have you seen the 
TikTok. The URLs alone <laughs> wins this whole list. Like I, as I was creating this list, I'm kind of thinking, man, this sucks. You know, there's a lot of stuff that actually still native apps, you know, you can reasonably argue that are, that they have it better. And yeah, but not really, but they don't have URLs, you know, so case closed, you know, to be. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by CodePen, and I'm here to tell you to go pro on CodePen. CodePen Pro is is awesome now, and it's only going to get way, way more awesome. I happen to know as I, you know, work on and get to decide those features. I'm so excited about the future of CodePen Pro, but of course, as we do that, eventually over time, CodePen Pro is going to get more expensive. So you might as well get on one of those grandfather plans. That's what I'm saying, you know. But uh, of course, today you get a bunch of features as well. You can uh, a big one is privacy and that you can make your pens and collections and projects private on CodePen, meaning that nobody can see it unless you very explicitly share the URL with them. That's a big one. Let's say you need an image in a pen. You drag and drop an image. We'll host the image for you and we'll optimize it and we can resize it for you if you want. All these great, serve it in the right formats and all that stuff. Things that can happen just with URL parameters for your images uh, and other assets that you upload to CodePen. We'll handle all of that for you. It's a pro feature. And there's things like collab mode, working in real time with other people on it, and a bunch of more features. Upgrade to pro at codepen.io slash features slash pro. I feel, I feel like the, the, the circle's closing. I, I, as somebody who's starting a product and, and company, like, I would be hard pressed to find a reason to make a native app because I've immediately like I've I've compressed the number of people who can use this down to people who want to go download this on the app store. You know, it's it's like Mm. I I, it's not like just log on with your company ID or whatever. You know, like it's if you're targeting um, companies, I think that's especially behooves you to go to the web. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I think it's hard to get everybody at a company to provision a app store downloaded app. Yeah. Like I down, I signed up for LinkedIn, Chris, follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Will um, do. My coworkers made me do it. Like right now um, or? Um, you can follow me now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'd like to be your friend on LinkedIn. Um, but they, it's, what's interesting and everyone listening needs to follow me because I'm in a competition with my coworkers, even though they don't know it. Um, so <laughs> To have the most followers. Just be the biggest, just be the best dinner at the company. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, so, but you know, in every day, LinkedIn emails me, I swear to God, it's every day. And they're just like, Hey bud, you should download the app, man. LinkedIn's so cool. And, and I'm just like, never, never in a million years. LinkedIn. Maybe if I was looking for a job, but I don't want to use the app. I just want to use you as a, as a business Pokemon collector. So that's, that's what LinkedIn's for. So I just had to accept your, cause you already friended me. Apparently it's uh, a, Chris, yeah. I, I have asked so many people to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep being like, Hey, be my friend, be my friend. And, uh, and, and, um, like what's funny is, um, <laughs> Like it even was like, hey, buddy, slow down. Not everyone friends this many people on LinkedIn. Make sure it's sincere. And I'm just like, hey, I've done, I've been a businessman for 15 years now. Please, <laughs> like, I've collected a lot of friends in the business. So why don't, don't, don't chide me, LinkedIn. But I think it just was giving me the like, hey, you're a spammer. Ease up. So, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I just and I like I enjoying LinkedIn. I don't because I'm just like I log in. I'm like, hey, I, I know that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that old ass, Vitaly. All right, yeah. there he goes. Yeah, totally. Billy. I'm like Zeldman, um, active over here, buddy. Hey, you let's got, go. You, you signed up friend. some re- retweet device over here, so you look real active. Oh, I'm just going. Yeah. So I'm just. I don't hey, think you be... can dabble. Though. I've tried to dabble. I think you you're either in or you're out on LinkedIn. You make it part of your daily, or you're. It's not useful. 
Because no, otherwise, I, this, you get all this. My inbox, I log in. My inbox is epic. You know, yeah, yeah, thousands yeah. of posts in there, and then I and then I get overwhelmed, and I'm like, no, I can't do this right now. Yeah. No, I just, for me, it's just now I'm just on a mission to beat my coworkers. So that's yeah. all. That's yeah. <laughs> Give it a couple of life weeks. goals, yeah. you know, goals. Yeah. You got to have, got to have big goals and then sub goals, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, fair enough. Let's see how we doing. I think uh, we, can, we can talk about a little more. Maybe we'll do a question from somebody, huh? Uh, one question. On Aaron this question Strum, we'll do, this, this is a good one because it's about you. So you get to talk about, you know, because you're, you know, you do, you do a lot in life, but you also do, um, Client work, you know, of course, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You've been doing it forever. So Aaron's question is about that. I'd love to to hear some some kind of backstory on how you've been so successful with Parable, and it's particular about landing big clients. So we've 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 talked about this before, but maybe with some fresh perspective here. Like we know that you've worked with a large pizza company. We know mm-hmm. that you've worked with a very large computer creation company that we talked about it may or may not have in this very episode like you land big clients if somebody goes out on their own even if they're great you know and is like you know what i want my next client to be google or something are you gonna get that no because that i mean it's just hard right you, i mean maybe maybe you will but that's that's what aaron wants to know like how do you do it man how do you even you're an agency co-owner it's your job to land build big clients how do you do it uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, like uh, this is all grain of salt, right? Cause I, I think it comes down to luck and hard work, you know, like, like it, it's, it's a little bit of grit and a lot of luck. So mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there and privilege all factors into this as well. So think about this with a grain of salt. Um, you know, we, we work hard, like, um, and then we got on Dribble. Um, I think like Cameron Mole or somebody got Trent on Dribble, and we all got on Dribble. Um, and we were really active in those early days of Dribble, where it was a small scene, and we got a little bit of notoriety. And we then we did these like bunch of pixel perfect web designs, and these kind of famous web designers like Jason Samaria were like, "Oh, we should hire Paravel to do these designs." I have, and we started working with like Jer- Jason Samaria on stuff, mm-hmm. like there it's a long history but you know we we kind of worked hard we shared our work we blogged about our thoughts and people yeah, you were everywhere a, then you're a, people you're paid at, attention you know yeah, like and, and you know i'm not good at dribble but i i had dribbles and and you just whatever talked about your product that you're launching or whatever i think the modern you know Back when we started, Chris, it was like CSS galleries were the thing. You know, if you land in CSS gallery, oh, you got hundreds of business from that. Um, now, probably not much anymore. It's probably product hunt yeah. or something, you know. And Dribble's still cool, um, but I doubt it's going to have that same kind of vibe. It's going to be harder to be noticed. And it probably has changed in what it's doing for people over the year. I, I think it's changed. And, and I think it's still good. I think just the game sort of changed. Like the the... Like you could kind of be like, here was kind of a composition I did. Uh, and now it's like very like, here's a icon I <laughs> spent 10,000 hours on. You know, it's it's just the like vibe kind of changed, you know. And so uh, there's still good design, though. I, I want to put that up there. But um, but then, you know, like I blogged, Trent blogged, uh, Reagan got a blog. Uh, we were blogging. We were sharing work. Uh, we started. Uh, uh, we started talking at conferences. Talking at conferences, meetups, or started at meetups and then built up to conferences. Uh, I did a podcast for Austin for like a year, or two, no, like three, five years. I don't even know. A hundred something episodes of a podcast about the Austin tech scene. I talked to a lot of people in Austin about uh, what they were doing. Uh, then we started this podcast. We're now coming up on 500 episodes of this podcast weekly, showing up, for doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's only to say, like, that's the grit, you know. And, and we've got some work through the podcast, and uh, thanks to anyone who listens and hired us. But, um, but you know, I, I think it's too, like, you know, speaking at things and, and showing up and doing the work. I mean, and this it's probably way too much, and I'm a workaholic, and don't don't follow me you know but <laughs> don't follow in my footsteps um but i, I would definitely that's what it takes though i gotta say you know takes hard work and grit i mean uh, who who do i look up to now like cassidy <laughs> williams you know like 
she she puts herself out there. She's working on Netlify. She's making content for Netlify. And then what? She like shows up on GitHub, uh, their little universe thing, you know, like, like she's hustling and in not like hustle culture, but like, she's, you know, making TikTok. She's like doing things consistently. And, and, you know, there's, uh, people now kind of getting into the streaming game. They're showing up consistently streaming. Like it's so, I, I think, that's some of what it takes and you're going to have to budget, you know, actual work and for fun work. But, but it's all, I would Maybe think of a little it more wow factor, right? Like just cause you were there on dribble doesn't matter. Just cause you make a TikTok isn't like cool made the TikTok. It has to be awesome. It has to be catch people's eye for some reason. Cause you're yeah. so unique or so funny or such a good designer or so clever or so articulate or so something that it's noticeable. You know, yeah. and Aaron, you put your website on here and it's like, just to be frank, because you mentioned for critique, you know, we'll decide if we're going to put it in the show notes or not for you, but it's like fine, you know, like it's not, but it has, I hate to tell you, man, it has no wow factor. There's nobody looking at this thing and being like, holy crap, that's the company that, that we need to hire. You know, I don't think you're going to get those kind of clients from looking at this. And that's just, you know, as honest of critique as I can offer for it, you know? looks kind of stock photography, looks kind of like a old school WordPress theme and looks, you know, I don't know, but it does, it's, it's certainly not going to like get you Microsoft. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, I could probably give like a constructive criticism I don't, yeah, on a podcast. That's a little hard, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think it's keep working on design chops and, and, you know, uh, text sizing, white space. I, I see already kind of like three or four different fonts, you know? So it's stuff like that. You got to kind of just iron out, find your sensibility, find what you're good at, you know, and then find what you're not good at too. That's a big thing. Like mm. we figured we are, we are good at the design and responsive design and we had to learn all that. Um, and we were doing all this back end stuff and, and then we realized like, Hey, we don't like doing that. And <laughs> we're mediocre at best at that. So let's not do that anymore. You know, let's hire people we like to do that part. You know, so I think that's it, too, is, is you can always hire people to work with you. And so I, I think that's like the thing too. find friends. And that's that would be like my big thing about the dribble and about talks and meetups and everything. Like make friends. That's it. Like <laughs> not that nepotism plays big into it. But, you know, if you want somebody to tweet about that cool project you did, have friends, you know, yeah, like, right. like uh, there's, you there's know, a lot of good advice in there. I think that was pretty solid, Dave, you know, is that okay. I, I work rambled, hard, but... be lucky, <laughs> but also, you know, a little, a little wow factor. I mean, that one came from me. Maybe you disagree, but, and well, then I think, yeah, there's grit, friendship, wow factor and luck, luck in the right time, right place, you yeah, know, right. like, and probably privilege mixed in there too. So, yep. but, but figure out what your levers are. What, what, you know, do you have whatever, some privilege, some luck that you can kind of boost or turn up the gain on, figure that out. Heck yeah. All right. Thanks Dave. Hey, this is a very businessy episode. Hard stop edition of shop talk show. Thank you for downloading this in your podcast. Your choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the, about the show. Follow us on Twitter for 16 tweets a month. Uh, we're doing videos over on the real CSS tricks, YouTube channel and join us in the discord. Patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Shop talk show.com. <laughs>